Ronnie Mauricio will make his MLB debut tonight, and Brett Beatty is coming back up to join him. What is left to watch for the Mets in September, and what can we learn about the team in 2024? We'll talk about that more on today's edition of Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans who are listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today in the first segment, I'll be discussing the Mets' decision to bring back Brett Beatty along with promoting Ronnie Mauricio The fact that we're going to get to see all of the baby Mets at once for the first time this year. Uh, Second segment will continue off of that discussion and and lead into what the Mets can still learn about their team in this final part of the season that will be useful as they try to make their decisions on how to build their ball club out this offseason for 2024. Then in the final segment, the Mets made some firings in their front office today. What does it mean for their president of baseball operations search? Could this be the first sign that David Stearns is coming to the Mets? We will get to all of that before we do. I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now, yesterday, I spoke about the Mets' decision to promote Ronnie Mauricio and how he'll finally make his MLB debut. So if you want to hear more about that, you can tune back into yesterday's show. But the news from today is that Brett Beatty is going to be joining him. The Mets are adding Beatty, and those are the two September call-ups, so to speak. Now, there's a chance, I guess, that when they announce the roster moves tomorrow, maybe they will let go of a Jonathan Arauz because they're bringing all these infielders back and add another pitcher at the same time. That could happen. But the big story here is the Mets are handing the keys to the team over to the baby Mets. And it's the right thing for 2024 without a shadow of a doubt. I'm surprised a bit because from my understanding, the Mets had an opportunity to get an extra year of team control on Brett Beatty by keeping him in the minor leagues. But what the Mets are saying here, either A, I'm wrong about that. But again, I I counted the days of service time required. And it it felt like they were right at that position where it was literally to the day where they would get that extra year. I think what this is saying, though, is that this last month is way more important to the 2024 Mets and making sure that Brett Beatty could potentially be your starting third baseman than worrying about something that could happen you know, six, seven years from now. And then worrying about the back end uh, uh, of team control and a player that you still don't even know if that team control is going to be worth anything because Brett Beatty did not perform when he was with the club this year. But I really still believe that Brett Beatty is the future starting third base with the New York Mets, a guy that could anchor that position for a very long time. And you're not going to learn that in Syracuse. I still agree with the demotion at the time because – he needed a reset. 
he needed to get away from the big leagues, go back down to a place where he could just focus on his game. And he hit some home runs and he had some success. I don't know if he did, you know, meet every benchmark they set for him or if this was always the plan. It was always September rolls around. We're bringing you right back up. You spent a month in, in AAA. You come on up and you finish out the season. You are the starting third baseman again. But that's clearly the plan now. And if you have been at all paying attention to, to these you know, prospects that have been called up this year, it is clear they all really like each other. That Ronnie Mauricio, Mark Vientos, Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez, they've been playing together for some time. And they are all seriously friends. And this is, in a way, turning the ball club over to them in a month that wouldn't have mattered anyway. And I applaud the Mets on multiple fronts. One, you need to see what you have in these kids. Two, it's going to be way more exciting to watch this team with these guys playing every day than Jonathan Arauz and Rafael Ortega. And it's also a way to acknowledge the importance that these players uh, you know, have to your to your franchise moving forward the value that they're supposed to bring and, and how you value them. And it's giving them a shot to, hey, you guys love each other. You guys want to, you know, play on this major league team for a really long time. You got a month audition now where you're all going to get to play most days. Go out and prove it. And, and so what that's going to look like now is you sort of picture the Mets lineup it's a fun team to to watch. If you just go through a, a you know projected lineup, let's just say it's the same top four, which is the four veterans that are going to keep playing: Brandon Nemo, Francisco Lindor, Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonso. Then you got I don't know Francisco Alvarez catching. DJ Stewart's been awesome, and he might be part of your future now. He he might seriously be an outfielder for you next year. I said on yesterday's show, I wouldn't even be completely upset if he was the starting outfielder for the New York Mets. And people are probably hearing that take and saying, Ryan, you're being ridiculous. You're getting blown away. But those are the same people that are now saying that they see him as a fourth outfielder for the Mets or that they could see him carving a role with the Mets next year. And I was saying that two weeks ago. So maybe I'm just trying to get out in front of it again. But if DJ Stewart has a strong finish of this season, I do think there's a world where he's on this opening day roster and maybe even starting in left field because, you know, some of these prospects, you're still waiting on them to establish themselves and push him to a bench roll. So that's a guy that I think is still excited to watch down the stretch. And then, you know, the bottom three of your lineup, Ronnie Mauricio, Brett Beatty, and Mark Vientos. I don't know exactly how they're going to you know shape this lineup up, but I do think that most days that's what you're going to see. You're going to see you know, the four guys that we know at the top. You're going to see the guy that's breaking out in Stewart, and then you're going to see the four kids. And it's going to be Ronnie Mauricio at second and Brett Beatty at third, and Jeff McNeil is going to be in the outfield. I really believe that's what they're going to do because Ronnie Mauricio played nothing but second base down the stretch in AAA. So I think that's where they're going. And what you'd hope is Ryan Mauricio and Brett Beatty are both so good in this final month of the season and they have a great off season and then they come into to spring training even better and they're great in spring training and come opening day, they've earned starting jobs. And the best case scenario is 
Jeff McNeil is an outfielder next year. A guy like DJ Stewart, if he's still with the team, is a fourth outfielder, and everyone is in their rightful place. That's what you're hoping for. Now, to look at the rest of, uh, of this roster, you're still going to have Daniel Vogel back around. So the question is, what is the directive to Buck Showalter? Because Vogie has been better over this month when the game stopped mattering. Do you keep him in? Or do you commit fully to development and come hell or high water, Vientos, Beatty, and Mauricio should be in there every day. And Alvarez, obviously, as well. But I think, you know, they've been clear that they don't want to burn him out and they don't want to, to make him um, catch too many games because you also want to think about his future. And I think he's the one guy that you know opening day next year of all of the, the young players. Francisco Alvarez will be the starting catcher of the New York Mets. I have no doubt about that one. But you'll see Nervaez. And the question is, how much do we see Ortega, LeCastro, Mendick, Arauz? Does Guillaume make his way back off the IL? We'll, we'll see exactly uh, how the playing time for those guys ends up unfolding. But I would really hope that the Mets take the full opportunity to see what these guys have. And hopefully it's not just watching them all struggle at the big league level. Maybe in this sort of pressure-free environment where they're just playing spoiler against other teams, you get the best of these guys. And I think that will really help when it comes to turning the page to 2024 and having some clarity on what the direction is going to be heading into this offseason. And that's what I want to talk about next here. You know, what clarity can the Mets find and what is there to watch um, in the month of September for this Mets team? So we'll get to that in a minute. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The New York Mets play the Seattle Mariners at 710 Eastern time tonight. Get every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Ronnie Mauricio will make his MLB debut tonight, and that is clearly the thing everyone's going to be watching most closely down the stretch here. But really, what can we learn about the Mets going into next year this month? It is those guys, and it's answering questions for the front office about what they might have to add this offseason. The more that the picture of 2024 um, gets into focus, to me, it seems like this Mets team is going to be tentatively going for it. I believe that they're going to try to field a competitive team, that they're going to add some pitching, but they're also going to have to run it back in some respects in that the core is still going to be Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, Brandon Nimmo. Those guys are going to be around. The reporting, uh, and the Mets sort of kind of you know pushed it out there you know more today that 
they are planning on having Pete Alonso unless they're absolutely blown away by a trade offer. They're planning on having him on the team in 2024. And it seems like at this stage, the thought process is have him play out next season and try to come in terms with him on a deal when he hits free agency. So, you know, those guys, you know, what the core of your lineup is going to be. It's how do you complement them? And, you know, here the young players have to filter in. So, you know, catchers Alvarez and Nervais is under contract, got a player option, likely comes back on that. Nito could still stick around and be around as well. So they don't have to do anything on catcher. First base is Pete Alonso. So you don't have to do anything there. Second base, it could be Jeff McNeil. It could be Ronnie Mauricio. Ronnie Mauricio has a chance now to, to maybe not win the opening day second base job right now, but do a really good job making an impression that can lead into a strong, a strong spring training where he could get that position. In the minor leagues, you have Luis Angel Acuna, who is going to finish this year in double A. Next year starts in triple A. Probably we'll see how long it takes for him to get up, but he's potentially the future at the position from the Mets. Shortstop, it's Lindor. It's Mauricio as the backup, of course, because Lindor is probably going to be playing all the time, but you know, that's sort of your first fallback option now. Acuna, another option there, and then guys like Yorme, but you're obviously not addressing that position. Third base, that's a big question. Are the Mets going to go into next season with Brett Beatty as the answer or some combination of saying, look, it's a job in camp between Brett Beatty, Ron Mauricio, and Mark Vientos? Certainly could be the case. Brandon Nimmo is going to be your center fielder. Starling Marte supposed to be your right fielder. Drew Gilbert in double A, really performing well. He's a guy that maybe next year could grab an outfield spot, but certainly not by opening day. And then there's DJ Stewart, who we'll see if he's around next year. But you look at the free agent class, top free agent outfielders, Jock Peterson, Teoscar Hernandez, Tommy Pham, maybe Marcana if the Brewers don't pick up his option. There's not a ton there. Top free agent infielders, Matt Chapman. Don't think he's consistent enough for the Mets to want to give him big money to play third base. Uh, you got Jimer Candelario. Are they in on him? He's an interesting player. He might be a guy that gets overpaid based on the season he just had. Evan Longoria at the end of his career, maybe Gio Ursula. Like, there's not a lot of good infielders either. The DH market's maybe the most interesting because, of course, there's Otani. You don't know if that's a full season of Otani because he's repairing uh, or he's rehabbing the UCL. He's going to try to pitch with it. You don't know if that's he's getting Tommy John. You might miss him for half the year as a hitter. Um, I don't know how soon he could possibly get back. So I don't know. Um, obviously that's a whole nother conversation, but then you also have JD Martinez, Justin Turner, Jorge Soler. So like the Mets best option to bring a bat in is probably at the DH spot, but it also is the easiest place to, to fill because you could have Vientos be that guy, Mauricio or anybody else. So I think this is really big for the Mets to try to learn some things. And, and I believe that in free agency, they might only sign like, one starting level bat if they do go that route. And so where do you need to to target? What position? I mean, you would hope it just be best bat available, but still, 
Now on the pitching front, what is there that will be learned, if anything, in September about the team moving forward? Carlos Carrasco passed waivers. I should have mentioned that. No one claimed him, so now he's still with the Mets. They could just stick with the rotation of Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana, David Peterson, Tyler McGill, and Carrasco down the stretch here. They probably will with the other guys on the 40 being Jose Budo, uh, Joey Lucchese, and then Denny Reyes, who's just made a start this week. and It was a good one last game. So that's probably where they go with that. Uh, I imagine we're not going to see Mike Vassell or Christian Scott, the guys I've been campaigning for the last month. Christian Scott's still hurt, so um, don't know what that injury is, or that's simply just shutting down a pitcher who'd already had you know about a 30-inning jump um, this year. Mike Vassell might be reaching the innings limit as well. And also, both of those guys, they don't need to be protected from the Rule 5 draft yet. So, for the Mets' perspective, keep as many 40-man spots open. They can roll into next year and, and not have to worry about that. I guess that's probably more attractive to them than seeing these guys make a couple starts in the big leagues. So, I think that's what we're going to see on that front. Um, other than that, I mean, Kodai Senga, how many starts does he have left? I was doing the math on that today. They could just make him their Friday night starter. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. Give him extra break, have him pitch once a week. That would give him five more starts this season. I put him at 29 starts on the year, probably gets him over 160 innings pitch. He's at 136 and a third right now. So it should get him over 160. I think that's probably the plan. If not, maybe it's, you know, starting this Friday, starting next Friday, because there's two days off next week. And then, you know, maybe they get him on five days rest a couple of times and squeeze a six start out of him. Um, but, and that would push him to 30 starts of the year, which I don't know if that's significant for Sangar and for the Mets in any way. Overall, though, it, it's going to be good to watch him close out the season, Quintana, because um, those are the guys you know are going to be in the rotation next year. And then it's, you know, can David Peterson or Tyler McGill change their perception um, of the, their season at all. And I, I don't know if it's too too much of a lost cause at this point. But that's basically, I think, what we're left to watch. And then the only other thing is Edwin Diaz. Do we see him make a comeback? Because he's throwing bullpens now. And rearing up to get back out there. And I think because this wasn't a guy coming off Tommy John or something, because this was you know, a, a knee injury that he has rehabbed um, and the arm should be completely good. I, I I think that if he really does pass every benchmark and he really wants to come back and he's been fighting in his rehab process this whole time, I don't know how you tell him that he can't come back. I don't know how you tell him, hey, we're just not going to pitch you. Uh, I mean, yes, obviously you can, and I'm sure fans uh, are, are ready to comment about how <laughs> – how ridiculous that is to even have him throw a pitch in a loss season. But I still think that there is a human and personal side to every story when it comes to baseball that a lot of times gets overlooked and it could be as simple as, oh, don't pitch your best reliever in a meaningless game who hasn't thrown the whole year. It, it, it can just be that simple to some people. But you have a relationship with that with Diaz. You have a long-term commitment with him. And if he has been grinding for six months to get back on the diamond and he is ready to pitch in a big league game and he has passed every health benchmark that you could ask for, I feel like you got to give it to him. And, and also it would be good to see Edwin Diaz get back on the mound and to know, hey, 
going into next year, that's one thing you don't have to worry about. So um, that that's that's kind of the last thing that we'll be watching for down the stretch here. But on another note, to close out the show today, the Mets made some clearings in their front office. Could that be a signal that David Stearns is coming to be the president of baseball operations? Let's discuss that in a minute. First, though, another word from our sponsors. Mets play the Seattle Mariners at 7:10 Eastern Time tonight. It's every pitch in the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now, Mets Mirage reported today from Mike Mayer uh, that the Mets have made some firings in their front office. Uh, they fired Director of Player Development Kevin Howard, as well as uh, Pro Player Evaluation Jeff Lebo. Director of Baseball Development, Brian Hayes, and Director of Performance, Jim, Caval- Jim Cavallini. Uh, this is guys that have been, you know, some of them in, in the front office for over a decade. I think most of them actually for over a decade. So uh, it's a, a cleaning of house. It is happening now because it gives these guys time to look for another job. That's you know, really, uh, it seems like, oh man, it's cruel that they're letting them, letting them go now. Uh, with, with some time left in the season, but it's actually the opposite. It's getting them ready to be able to continue to work in baseball and find another opportunity. But it also does signal a changing of the guard, and it tells us a couple of things. One of them, Billy Epler not going anywhere, which we all knew at this point, that you know, Billy Epler has done enough to ingratiate himself with Steve Cohen and to uh, prove his worth uh, to, to the point where he will be part of this organization moving forward. And I think it is a, a message of stability to keep Billy Epler around, which could be attractive to an executive who could come in as the president. And it is the worst kept secret in baseball. That president would be David Stearns. Now that's not completely guaranteed. That's not um, written in stone, but it might be penciled in stone. It certainly feels like it's going to happen. And if David Stearns comes in to be the president for one, that's the, best addition this franchise has made maybe since Steve Cohen took over. I mean, there's every chance that that is more impactful than anything that has been done in this three-year window, because here's a guy who has proven with what he did to, to set up an infrastructure with the Brewers and set up the, the best run of success that franchise has ever had, that he knows what he's doing. And I'm sure there's people who would come with him. I'm sure he has an idea of the staff he'd like to fill out. I'm sure he has, um, some thoughts on how to improve player development and scouting and all these different things that the Mets are trying to get better at. And so to me, these firings, I don't want to be dancing uh, you know, on the grave of people who just lost their job, but what it could signify is something to be happy about. Because if this truly is step one in a process of a front office turnover that leads them to getting one of the best, brightest young executives in the game, pair with Billy Upler in that front office and you know, to, to build things out the right way, well, hopefully the Mets can become the type of sustained winner with the resources that they have to not have to endure seasons that suck as bad as this one has. There's no guarantees in baseball, that is for certain. But you can continue 
by making good decisions, putting the right people in, in place here to widen that margin of error significantly. And I think that's what David Stearns would do, getting that stability. Um, it, it would be massive. And you'd hope that that would, again, get you onto a course where the Mets would be able to contend with the best in the National League. And with the way people are playing baseball right now, it's it's hard to ignore the fact that two of the best teams in this league belong in this division because the Phillies and the Braves are both good. Neither one's going anywhere, so the Mets have to, right now, catch up. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. Assuming Ryan Mauricio does something outstanding in his debut, I might just give you bonus Saturday edition of Locked on Mets. So for all you listeners, uh, make sure you are following, rating, reviewing, subscribing on YouTube so you don't miss any of the content. And if Mauricio goes over for four or three strikeouts, we'll be back on Monday. Uh, thank you all for making Locked on Mets your first listen every day. If you want to catch every pitch in the Mets hometown broadcast this weekend, you could do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.